recording. All right, now we have not unlimited, but actually, I think we do have unlimited. Well, it should be if you're paying for it. Yeah. There's How much does that cost a month? 25 bucks. This is getting steep. I'm going to run out of money. We need we need ad partners. Yeah. Fast. No free ads either. Besides <laughs> besides <laughs> Olivia Burson Real Estate here in the Charlotte metro area. What? Add-ons too. Add-ons too. What's add-ons too? Tell Cups the listener. Cups by Kylie. If yeah. anyone needs... No free ads, but if anyone needs custom stationery, also yes. cups, anything, okay, back. wedding parties, add-ons to slash logo. Is it a rebrand re to Cups by Kylie? Well, no. Emily still participates. Oh, okay. I don't know if we were going through a rebrand. Well, you didn't know what add-ons to was, so I had to rephrase. Yes, I did. I just couldn't think of it. You literally asked me. What is that? <laughs> no, I asked you so you could explain to the people listening. I know what it is. Oh, okay. Sure. Okay. I've used it before. I have them in my kitchen. Spin zone. Yeah, spin zone. Um, well, welcome to the first episode of The Neverbends. I know we did the teaser and kind of explained the, the name, but... This is Burst. We got Glanch here. Um, we were thinking for the first episode, we're just going to kind of give a little backstory on both of our uh, football careers, and then we'll jump into recapping, I guess, week one NFL and college football. There isn't really much <clears throat> other sports news. I know there's baseball, and we like golf, so we'll, we'll talk about golf, but no tournaments are going on. So, Better Cup coming up. Yeah, when does that start? Uh, next week. The last week. Starting on like a Thursday. Is it an all week thing? I always forget. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it starts on 22nd? Mm, let's find out. That's my. No. Uh, the following week. The following week? 29th. 28th, 29th, and 30th, or whatever that is. Is that right? Or 29th, 30th? And yeah. Friday, 29th. Okay. Maybe you have it. You got you at Team USA or Team Europe? Is that a real question? I mean, I haven't really followed. Like, who's obviously you're cheering for Team USA, but who's favored? Uh, America. His favorite. Heavily? I mean, I think that's a fact, but also my opinion. Yeah, but I'm not asking for your opinion. Obviously, we're cheering. Unless you're Riggs from Foreplay cheered for Europe. No, I mean, I think, I think, I think we have an advantage in every area. I think they're top. I think they're top. God, we could talk about this for hours. Let's not. But their top five or six match are top, if not better. I saw something where Rory said he wants to. Uh, what was it? As well, look. Um, I love how we said the focus is going to be football, and we're immediately talking about golf. Well, we haven't even done our intro. Apologize. Doesn't matter. The football fans. Um, 
Yeah, they have Victor, who's been killing it. Yeah. Rom, Rory. Who am I missing? That's obvious. Uh, Fitzpatrick. Fleetwood. Fleetwood. Those dudes match up with our top pretty, if not better. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, Scheffler is supposed to be the best, but he hasn't. He didn't play that well. That's what Rory said yesterday. I finally found it. If we can make this a driving mid iron and putting contest, that's where our opportunity to win is. He said they want to take the wedges out of the Americans' hands. So, yeah, we can talk about that later in in depth. Um, yeah, Even neither neither of us know anything about golf so i don't know why we would even break it down into that kind of detail regardless uh back back to you go first back to never bends all right you go first tell us myself all right um from charlotte north carolina born here um went to charlotte latin school kindergarten through 12th grade which is a private school in charlotte um powerhouse back in the day not so much anymore um i don't know if anyone's followed i guess charlotte's local high school providence day is now nationally ranked and on espn and all this crap christians christians kind of like latin they're gone now your boy Estep left i don't know where he went i didn't know that yeah he stepped down last year or this past off season i think no one can handle Greer at PD. He's running it like IMG. But anyway, went there, K through 12, three state champs, played football, clearly. Um, went to Wofford for undergrad, played four years of football there. Um, wasn't highly recruited, obviously, since I went to Wofford. Um, in high school. Our- had some opportunities, right, elsewhere? Yeah, so the recruiting, we can talk about it in more detail when you tell your story because it's completely different. But um, the recruiting process is weird. Um, our quarterback was, his name is Braden Hansen. He was top, I want to say top three, definitely top five quarterback in the 07 high school class. And I think that was the first year they did, you were the year after, but Under Armour All-American Bowl because it was always the Army Yes. Wasn't it called the Army game or something? Well, in an Under Armour started their own. Yes. Um, I think 07 was the first year Under Armour did it. I think that's right. I went to Under Armour. Did you really? I did because they they said they would let my coach, my my high school coach, come, uh, you know, be on the coaching staff if I committed to the uh, Under Armour game, which I – uh, anyway, not to hijack your story. I think I made the right decision. Do you have to pick between the army or the under? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like the same. They like it was like created to be like a comp, you know, like a competitive game. Okay. Yeah, I remember watching the army game all the time. But anyway, the Under Armour one started. I think 07. He went. His he was there. Julio Jones, AJ Green. I think were his receivers. I mean, it was stacked with talent. Yeah. Because that was back when Under Armour was top of the world, like just not just starting, but kind of hot on the scene. 
getting a ton mm-hmm. of like big time athletes, obviously hosting that. Um, but yeah, he was top five. We had every coach in America come in Aladdin trying to get him from, uh, he ended up going to UNC. Bush Davis was the head coach, but Bush Davis was at or on our campus weekly recruiting him. That was probably what led him to go there and being local. But I mean, Greg Schiano from Rutgers would come. I don't know if I forget who the coach was at Southern Cal, but I mean, he had offers from every school. I'm sure it was the same with you coming out as a top quarterback. But I mean, we would throw for these coaches. They weren't interested in me. But a couple of them, like Butch, would offer a preferred walk-on. I don't know if you had any teammates in high school get that kind of stuff. Basically, you can come join the team and we'll give you a walk-on spot, but we're not giving you any money, no scholarship. So actually, they did a good job selling that to me when they were getting Braden, UNC did. So I was at the end of the journey, or I guess recruiting process, it was down to Wofford, full ride, and UNC preferred walk-on. And obviously, I ended up picking the scholarship route, going to Wofford, played four years there. Um, back in my era, that's it was still the SOCON. That's where Wofford is still. But then it was State, Georgia Southern. Um, who else were the – those were kind of – us three were the big – programs at the time. So our conference was loaded and really competitive. And the main reason I went to Wofford was everyone knows the App State upset of Michigan, which was in 06. I'm pretty sure it was the year before my senior year. Or no, I guess it was 07 because it was my senior year of high school. So when App went up to the big house and beat Michigan. Yeah, that was 2007. No, yeah, the 2007. We'll do different trivia later. We're going to have a trivia segment, but here's a fun trivia fact. Who was, and I'm clearly giving away the answer, who was the only team to beat App State in 07? The Terriers. The Pups. Got it. For sure. The week, the week after Michigan. And that was my official oh, visit really? week. The only reason I went down I for the visit was because I wanted to watch App because they had all the hype from beating Michigan. Okay. I bet that was electric. Yeah, it was. Wofford doesn't get a lot of fans. Didn't when I played. Still don't. But that whole stadium was packed just to watch App. And then Wofford beat him. I forget the final score. But I was like, damn, this is a fun atmosphere. Cool school. I mean, Wofford's super small. Another fun fact, besides Presbyterians, the smallest D1 school in the country to have a D1 sports team. Um, but Yeah. Ended up going there, committed, I think. I didn't commit on the visit, but not far long after that. Um, spent four years there. Um, ran the triple option, which I played wide receiver, so probably not the best decision on that front. How many catches, but how many catches a game did you have? Like zero eight, to one. Point, point 0.3. I'd be lucky to have a target which is crazy. My junior year, I'm pretty sure I had at one point in the year, like 12 catches for seven touchdowns. Something absurd. Yeah. I mean, it was run 99% of the time. So clearly the defense is just going to run cover zero, stack the box. 
So if we run a pass, it's press cover zero. Yeah. Take a shot. Um, yeah, spent four years there. No invite to the combine. Um, after that junior year, I had, um, I guess because of the stats and then just being the size that I was, 6'3", having the measurable 6'3", 210-ish, had some regional scouts show some interest. I mean, it was probably not anything past them just being assigned the smaller schools and let's just call it South Carolina visiting and being yeah. like, Hey, do you have any players that you think to the coaching staff, who yeah. are your players that you think could play at the next level? And our coaches uh, promoted me, I guess, to these scouts. Anyway, no invited the combine the next, after my senior year, um, went hosted a pro day. Everyone sees the huge schools having pro days, but for like Wofford, we would only host one if there was, if the scouts told the school, like, hey, we are interested in a player. So what yeah. we did is we hosted it because of me, but we did it like a regional pro day. So um, it was me, one of my teammates that I played with at Wofford, and then like a guy from Furman, a guy from Newberry. Um, yeah. Any small school, Coastal, I think, had a couple a players. Um, like a joint yeah. pro day. Yeah. Exactly. Just because – it's better to have multiple people working out and running across the board. Um, better for the scouts. Get better it. for me, too, because I had a quarterback. Better chance to get more exposure than some yeah. teams just say, oh, we're not going to go to Wofford's Pro Day this year. Yeah. Funny story about the Pro Day, though. Um, you know how you start in the weight room? So you do, like, weigh-in, height. Yeah. Um, I think we benched first. I'm trying to remember. Regardless, you do the bench and you do the like broad jump, yeah, vertical jump, um, and then you go outside and do like the three cone drill, forty, right. anything, I guess track slash field, and then you run routes for receiver and throw, do the football stuff at the end. So we started at I don't even remember what my broad jump was. It wasn't great, but I did thirty five and a half vertical, which was <laughs> bunnies, right for me. Man, when I was training, I didn't touch 34. Adrenaline. Yeah. Same with bench. Bench, I had two shoulder injuries. So I was never a strong upper body guy, especially in the weight room. I think I did 225 like five times, one time in training, and then I hit like eight or nine at the pro day. So adrenaline is a thing. Strong. Yeah. Well, that's still not good for a receiver. Strong. Um, anyway, that took 20, 30 minutes, go outside, run the 40, all that nonsense for like hour and a half, right? That takes forever. Then you cool down this jet scout after the two hour pro day walks up. I'm like chilling with my agent or just stretching or something. He goes, Hey, we're going to have to go back up to the weight room. We're going to have to re-jump. I think we, uh, I think we got your number wrong. AKA, we don't think you can jump 35. We need to go redo that. My agent starts freaking out. He's like, no. I was like, no, I'll go I'll go re-jump. Like, F this dude. We go back up there. I jump 36 after the pro day. And he writes 34 for my numbers. I don't know. Yeah. Wrote 34. Agent's freaking out. And the guy just, he just says, yeah, we, something was wrong with, like, the measuring thing. Like, we're just deducting two off that. 
So right? I, seems like I don't, it seems like a, like a very exact science there. Then, yeah, I don't. Obviously, I have my conspiracies where they. Same thing happened with the forty, where they're all timing, and then they take the highest time. Yeah, so like I went from four high four fours to like some dude had a four six two or something. That was my forty time. And that's what they. Yeah, it's like what? Why wouldn't you average it or? Anyway, nobody, nobody wants to be nobody wants to be wrong. You know, nobody wants exactly. to turn in like four four. They don't want to turn in. Oh, this this oh, dude that offered shot or uh, jump thirty six and ran four four. Because then they're not going to be able to get you undrafted, which is what I did. I went undrafted. They're going to have to spend a fourth round pick on you. Speed demon. Yeah, which I'm not a speed demon, but I wasn't super slow, which I was assumed to be with stereotypes. Um, anyway, after that, went through the draft process. Had what was that 2012? Is that 2012? Yeah, 2012 draft. So. For the Panthers fans is where I ended up signing. That was Keekley's, uh, our good friend Luke's draft class. He was the first round pick that year. So I, we came in together. I was undrafted. Um, during the draft process, I don't, I'll let, or I'd be interested to hear yours. I had seventh round pick, sixth, seventh, late round pick, like potential, but then nothing really happened. I guess it depends on these where these teams pick that position leading up, then they just start basically recruiting you in the late rounds to yeah. sign. Yeah. Which you were drafted, but. I, it was not... it was late enough where I started getting some of those calls. Yeah. They're like calling you. I remember the Texans called me and I was watching the draft and they had a pick coming up and I was like, yes, I'm getting picks. Yeah. Hey, hey, actually we're not going to pick <laughs> you. But... Hey, we're actually taking this lineman here, but we'd love we... for you to sign with us in an hour. We're, we're going to draft a different receiver right now. But uh, once the draft ends here in a little bit, we still want you. Yeah, that's exactly. It's like politics. Um, but yeah, the draft ended, which I don't understand how agents with, let's call it 10 plus uh, prospects, do this in that short window after the draft. But they're fielding yeah. calls for all these players. Every team's say each player's got 10 calls from and offers from 10 teams, if not all the teams. Um, I don't know how they manage that. But anyway, he called me and was like, we're going to go to Pittsburgh. So I hung up and I thought I was signing Pittsburgh. Super amped. My buddy from Wofford is from that area and a diehard Steelers fan. He's freaking out. Then like five minutes later, Asian calls back and says, actually, we're going to go to Carolina, which being from Charlotte, my brother was with me. Um, yeah. We obviously were ecstatic about that. And I thought it was a better fit. If you look back at the Steelers receiver room in 2012, there was probably a negative chance of making that team. Manual. It was Emmanuel, Antonio Brown, Mike Wallace. Um, I want to say Martavis Bryant he was, was drafted that year. Or he was, it was loaded. Um, anyway, so went through camp. Um, that was Cam's second year, Rivera's second year, I think. I can't remember exactly, but anyway, it was the Rivera era. Got back then, there was two waves of cuts in camp, which I know they changed, and I think they went back to this. But it used to be more structured, I feel like. Whereas a 90-man roster cut to 75 after 
the third preseason game and then cut yeah. to 53 after the fourth. Now yeah. there's only three preseason just games. Goes straight from 90 to, now it just goes straight from 90 to 53. Yeah. So back then I, I got cut in the first wave. Like I played four snaps in preseason. We had so many, we had like 15 receivers. It was one, the receivers coach, Fred Graves at the time, he, he was only focused on the starters and stuff. He had no interest in developing, let's just call it undrafted practice squad players for the future. Ricky Prohl was the assistance receivers coach, which honestly is the only reason I had a career and got signed back. Let's call it like a year later. I'll get into that. Um, Cause he was the assistant. They ended up firing Fred Graves and then Ricky Prohl, was uh, promoted to full receivers coach. So when I was cut, I just hung around, worked out in Charlotte, and then I ended up signing for an arena football team in Arizona, the Rattlers. So this, I was cut in August of 2012. I think like around November, December, I committed to go play arena, which was yeah. in the spring. So you might, I know I've talked about them to you before, but <clears throat> for the listeners, Willie Korn was the reason I went out there. He played quarterback at Clemson and then North Greenville. Honestly, some not similar, but kind of a similar story to you. Um, super really, super high recruited. He's from Spartanburg. Clemson was the only school he ever wanted to play for. I think yeah. he committed there in like eighth grade. Something insane. He was up there with like Cam, that same class. Jimmy Clawson, Cam class. Yeah. Um, anyway, he... I think he got hurt at Clemson and then transferred to North Greenville and had a pretty good career, which is a small school in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, anyway, we had the same agent trained together in Charlotte post uh, college. He didn't sign anywhere um, and ended up committing to go play arena that same time. So I just went with him. He called the coach. He's like, Hey, can this, my friend come play? And he's like, yeah, you can come compete in camp. So honestly, I was, I didn't even have like a lock roster spot. So I went out there in February, I think, of 2013. Did training camp. Um, Willie, one week into training camp, left. Got a coaching offer back at North Greenville, where he played for the coach <laughs> he played under, which he always wanted to be a coach, which now he's the basically the OC, I think, at Liberty. So he's been with that same coach. I forget the guy's name. Anyway, I Clearly, I was like, yeah, this is what you want to do. So go ahead. I'll just hang out by myself out in Phoenix. Um, made the team. Honestly, the whole arena AFL was – I was getting paid like cash under the table. I don't know if we should be saying that on here, but it was it was like a stat. I got stashed on IR, but only for a purpose of like hiding me for roster purposes. It was like practice squad, but – there wasn't a rule to it. It was super weird. Yeah. We were loaded, though, at receiver. I didn't even deserve to play. We had some beasts. And the quarterback, do you know his name? Nick Davila? I don't think I know that name. He's a lefty. He played at Cincinnati. He's oh. older. Dude, he threw, besides you, he threw the best ball of all time. And it was perfect. Yeah. I don't think, the reason he probably didn't make it in the league is, I'm assuming, arm strength. But in arena, all you have to do is touch pass everything. Just it, was, it, was like, it was like catching a balloon. Right on the money. Yeah, it was just like the easiest thing to catch. Perfect accuracy. Nice for a wide out. Yeah. 
Um, but anyway, I was there half the season and then rookie pro hit me back up to invite me to the rookie mini camp. So for all those listening, here's a nuance that you might not know, or you might, depending how much closely you follow NFL post draft, obviously you have your draft picks, what we, or what I was undrafted, you're actually given a contract that you sign. So you're on the 90 man roster, but that's only what 20 guys tops from draft picks and that. Yeah. About, maybe about 20. You can't really yeah. do a full mini camp or practice with that. So what they do is they fill the, fill the roster per se for this like two, three day mini camp with tryout players. So they're competing for a potential contract. Yeah. Um, sometimes I did, I did rookie mini camp, not to interrupt, but I did rookie mini camp my, my fourth year out of college. I did rookie mini camp in Carolina, actually. 2017. Oh, I, I remember that. Yeah. Cause they needed a quarterback. Yeah, so you can. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be rookies. You just have to not well, cut the credit season. But yes, there's yeah, that. But guys, so that they can actually run plays and fill out a, essentially a team for a weekend. Yeah. So I was back. They actually what's weird. They that year is 2013 mini camp. My old teammate at Wofford. Ended up, he was a safety at Wofford, transferred to Sam Houston State and played receiver. His name was Trey Diller. He's actually from Texas. I don't know if you know that. What did you say? I've heard of Trey Diller. Have you really? Yeah, I think so. Um, so they, he was undrafted receiver signed by the Panthers. And technically what they do is you don't sign that contract till after the minicamp. So they're going to evaluate everybody there. Obviously, the draft picks are staying. But if they like one of the tryout guys better than the guy they signed undrafted in quotes, they'll just re – they'll take back yeah. the contract and just give it to the other guy. And yeah, they'll cut the undrafted guy, but they never actually signed just him. Just to – yeah. So I did re- – because I was in football shape. I was mid-season in arena – all these other guys were just training padless, not football. Obviously they're training and working out, but I was in football shape. I crushed the mini camp and they ended up giving me the contract and cutting Trey, which sucked because we were boys and played at Wofford together. Super good dude, but it's just kind of part of the business. Anyway, re-signed. We're in OTAs start, go to camp. Um, I ended up getting cut again that camp, but they signed me back to practice squad for the 2013 season. And that was Steve Smith's last season. Was Ricky Pro still, was he the head receivers coach now? Yeah. So he was the head coach. He was honestly a big part of, he was a big part of that. Bringing me back. Shula was the OC who he liked me a lot too, which both of them were big reason. I even had a career in Carolina, Lance Taylor as well, who ended up being my receivers coach my last year. Um, but anyway, 13, cut practice squad the whole year. Never got activated. We lost divisional round to the Niners, which sucked. We were really good that year. Um, 14, I finally made it out of camp. First year, my third attempt. Um, 15, camp, cut. Super Bowl year, cut. Practice squad. Koch got hurt week one, or I think it was week two against the Texans. 
um, at home. So I re-signed and played a lot, actually, active that season. That was the <laughs> Super Bowl year, the best year we had. Um, clearly, we came up short, but uh, 16 made it, but got cut randomly one week during the season and then re-signed like three days later. It was something. 17 cut, but it was like in my shoulder injury settlement. So I was out the first half of the season, re-signed when they traded KB to Buffalo. Um, and then that was my last year. So I only played for one team and two if you count arena. But my whole career was kind of up and down in Carolina. Which, what was the name of that Arizona team? You may have mentioned that earlier, but I forgot already. The Rattlers? I don't think the that if the Rattlers. Oh, yeah. Like a snake. Um, yeah. They won the championship that year. So they technically – well, I played in a game and was there more than half the year, so they should give me a ring. Did you, right? You need, need to, yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? Even though I don't think they're still a team. Um, but, yeah, that's my never – I mean, I'm a never been, right? Never quite never quite made it. Kind right? of. Not really. I made it, but I didn't make it. I mean, you know, hopefully compared to some of the people that some of the some of the friends that we've made along the way that, you know, hopefully we can uh, <laughs> coerce into coming on here and talking a little bit about their story. Then, yeah, it's definitely a, it's definitely but, a different story than yeah, no doubt. some of these other people who. Well, as mine is, too. And I think that's kind of the, you know, the beauty of the game of football and, you know, also. You know, like you mentioned, that guy Trey Dillard. It's uh, you know, there's there's some there's some great players and great guys that you know just because of numbers and just because of you know where opportunities lie or you know, hell, even you know after the draft, guys make a decision to go to a certain team and they end up not you know not getting a shot. And I think that's just kind of unfortunately there's a, a very finite amount of uh, amount of uh, spots for people and uh you know so some great players guys with you know guys that have unbelievable talent don't make it for whatever reason some of it self-inflicted some of it totally out of their control yeah definitely i mean like i said earlier who knows if i ended up sticking with pittsburgh one probably cut because of how deep they were and then i wouldn't have met prole or maybe they had a coach that believed in me there but maybe not and then the career is over Right. So yeah, it's uh, interesting, you know, some of those decisions. If you, as you look back, where where they would have taken you, I got more than a few uh, during my career, certainly. Yeah. And a lot of it's that those kind of variables, but also injury related, right? Um, which Absolutely, you could go into. But I was lucky enough. I had some injuries, some dings, but like I was lucky enough to stay healthy in training camp and preseason for the most part, obviously I got hurt 17, but early in the career, if you get, if you get dinged up, if I got hurt, like I did in 17 in 13, that's probably, it. yeah, never. Yeah. You're not getting another opportunity. And that happens all the time with some yeah. of these guys and it sucks. Yeah. No doubt. Um, all right. We're, my turn. Yeah. Let's jump into Glance's career. Cause honestly, 
I know it, but I I don't even know some of. I'll. Uh, this might take an, a couple hours. <laughs> well, that's what I, I'll try and I'll try and I'm, I've gotten pretty good at like I can rattle off like the order of. We want. I'll, I'll dive in. We want all of it. We want all the juice, all the tea. Um. I grew up. I was actually my dad. My dad played pro ball, and so growing up, football was kind of all I knew. Uh, my first memories. Um, I actually, uh, my first memories are, are uh, watching my dad on TV because I did not like going to the Chargers games um, because Why? <laughs> every time they scored, they shoot off that cannon and it scared the hell out of me. I didn't want any part of it. So I'd stay home, watch the games oh. on TV and throw the ball up to myself in the living room, chase after it, go catch it. And, uh, my dad was uh, played for 11 years. He was a backup um, for Dave Craig in Seattle. Jim Kelly, and he was sort of the third guy in Buffalo, Jim Kelly and Frank Reich, and then spent two years backing up Stan Humphreys in San Diego. Um, See, I didn't know that. He, I didn't know San Diego. Just during the season. We had moved to Texas by that point because he knew he was about to be done playing. But, you know. Uh, is, he, is your dad from Texas? No, California. What? Oh, yeah, that's right. What made him go to Texas? Good question. They just were looking for a place to move, and Austin was kind of a not anymore, but it was a smaller city back then that you know people really seemed to like. And uh, <clears throat> I think they were kind of, I mean, looking for a place to settle down, and went down, and found a house in Austin, and moved. What there year was that? Ninety-four <laughs> or five? Ninety, I think. So you were. You were what? I was, four? I was three, I think. Three, three or four, yeah. Griff, yeah. Young, your younger bro, who's a tree. He was born in Austin. So, well, he was born in Austin. So that means it must have been 94. Okay. Um, your brother's a good example of what we were talking about earlier. No doubt. He's a far better athlete than me. Big, huge. He's a tree. Mauling, mauling receiver slash tight end that, I mean, obviously you never know. I, I love that tell people like, oh, he was going to make it. You never know. But he just got hurt and got hurt and got hurt in his back. I mean, he's, you know, he had to have two surgeries on his back and just terrible, you know, in the grand scheme of things, obviously getting to play college football is something not many people get to do. But, uh, but you know, had to give up football in college and really never got to make an impact uh, when he was at TCU. Um, anyway, um so yeah, so football is all I knew. Um, went to uh, my parents moved to Lake Travis when I was in first grade. Lake Travis was a small town back then. Now it's um, everyone probably has heard of Lake Travis just because of guys like Baker Mayfield, guys like Garrett Wilson, um, Garrett Gilbert. Really big time players come out of that school over the last fifteen years now. Um, like I said, you know. Grew up playing football, wanted, always wanted to be a quarterback. Um, and uh, and then my best friend growing up, Kay McCrary, his dad coached at Texas. And I had no real affinity for Texas, you know, not being from there. My dad played at Cal. It was not. But when I became friends with Kay and got to go be around the Texas program, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I fell in love with it. Texas was – I got pictures – I think I'm seven years old with Major Applewhite, and I've got the big. I got 
ear to ear smile or ear to ear grin on my face and just yeah um that's a name i haven't heard in a while right so so i fell in love with it um fortunately for me as i got older i turned i got i was a fairly say fairly big time recruit um i kind of had my pick of where i wanted to go well at what age did you start getting recruited um was it, mean, the, was it the was it officially Williams? officially after my sophomore year you know i mean like what's well, not ever, yeah i mean i didn't really ever like have like any official talks before that but I, like i said i was always around the program so i knew greg davis and mac brown very well um from a fairly young age. Um, anyhow, so got the chance to go to Texas. Uh, we what? we did not win three state championships in high school. We only won two at Lake Travis. So well, that's ours were private school. Yeah, ours yeah, got and it was in North Carolina. But what I was going to say is, um, was there anyone else? Like, did you talk with Cal? Your dad wanted you to talk to Cal. Was there Cal anyone offered- else in the running? At all, Cal offered late, and I actually liked Cal. Cal offered late, though. I was already committed by the time they offered, and they started recruiting me a little bit further down the road. And by that point, it was too late. There was no chance of me. Regardless, there was not really any chance of me going anywhere else. But by that point, I was committed, and there was no chance of me, you know, going back on my word and even even thinking about opening back my recruiting process up. So it was. For me, you know, recruiting process may have been very different, but it was literally like I was going to Texas when they offered, and that was the end of it. And that, you know, that was pretty early on. I didn't even take another official visit. I just – Texas was it. So, yeah. Mine was kind of – not to interrupt you, but to go back to mine, I didn't say this earlier. It was always Wofford. They offered a full ride. No one really else. UNC preferred walk-on. Yeah. Obviously, we had other schools there for Braden and other stuff, but no – Real combos, no offers. But what you would notice is, let's say, Glanch, you're a top receiver that uh, Vanderbilt, for specific example, really wanted. And then he ends up committing to Texas. They start scrambling. Oh, crap. We didn't get any of these receivers. that We thought we'd get at least one of them. Then they start going into the archives like, oh, this person kid, let's offer him. Like, they start scrambling. So I would get call. I got a call from App. Never talked to them one time. They never showed any interest. Hey, one call, full ride. We want you at App. It's like okay, Step. Justin Step. You know that name? I think he was maybe coaching at App back then. What? Lance Taylor was the receivers coach. It was Lance. It was, he was there with Lance. Really? Yeah. Um, I forget who called. It may have been that guy. Um, Vanderbilt is the worst. They called me for the first time 30 minutes after I called Wofford to verbally commit. And they offered me a full ride. Theirs was different, though. Earl Bennett. Do you remember that receiver? Yeah. Played for the Bears and I think someone else. Yeah. May have broken SEC receiving records with Cutler. Um, he left for the NFL a year early and they didn't anticipate it. So it opened up a spot and ended up. It was so late they didn't get anyone because they weren't actively recruiting receivers yet. Yeah. So they offered me, and I really wanted to switch to go there. My mom was like, no, you you verbally committed. I was like, mom, it was 30 minutes ago. I'll just call him back. <laughs> but uh, it only happens for a reason, right? That's too funny. I mean, yeah, it's just a crazy process. Um, back to what you were saying. No, anyway, so I, I, I went to Texas. Um, 
you know, I don't know, it's somewhat, I guess, well-known. I, I ended up playing in the national championship as a freshman when Colt McCoy got hurt on the fifth play of the game. Um, were you were you a true freshman? In I was, game? yeah. Were you Couldn't playing in What's that? Experiment? No, I, was, I, had played, I had played a little bit. I mean, I think I had like 20 pass attempts on the year, so I played like in the first game – we're blowing whoever we were playing out, Louisiana Monroe, I think. Can't you retroactively – I might be butchering these rules, but if you play, like, a very yeah, amount I don't of think – I don't think <clears> – not anymore. Or, I'm sorry, not back then. You can now, but not not back then. Well, now you can just play, like, nine seasons and no one cares. Yeah. 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 Um, but anyway, I played a little bit, went in and played that game. Um, first half, not great. Second half actually had a chance started. Uh, we were just talking about this last night, actually. Um, you know, the quarterback goes down. You just need to look for the best receiver, best player on the field. Well, I just started looking for Jordan Shipley every single play. And, uh, uh I'm probably throwing the ball. I don't know, 15 plus times in the second half. This is all right. So obviously this is the first time I ever watched you or heard of you was that game. I have a different memory of the performance because I feel like you can get in this, but people claimed you didn't do well. Considering the circumstances, I thought you were swagging. I was like, I love this freshman kid. Probably because Shipley was my favorite player and you were just slinging him the rock every play. Well, yeah. I mean, by that point, it was like, I just got to, we got to get something on. You know, this is not great, but I was one for 10 at halftime. So uh... when, when did you come in or when did McCoy exit? Fifth play of the game. Fifth so, play. Oh, so you played the whole game. Alabama tried a fake punt, didn't convert on like their own 25. So we got the ball. We're like instantly in scoring position. Tech, Colt get, gets first down. They call, <coughs> they call like speed option or something. And Marcel Darius comes right through the middle and just deletes him. Wax Colt right in the shoulder. And I couldn't find my helmet. I was standing on the sideline. I'm looking up at the jumbo trying to get my hat on. And all of a sudden, all the coaches are screaming for me. I mean, it was like, it was like straight out of Friday Night Lights when, when Booby Miles got hurt. We, had to, we actually had to burn a timeout. Um, so, so it was similar to like DA when Cam would go down. DA's throwing his dip can to the side. Yeah, except I, didn't, except I didn't have a dip in. Yeah. Um, it, you know. I did. I learned a lesson there, though. Um, you know, I, I started wearing my helmet on the sideline from that point on. You legitimately couldn't find it. No, I ran to the wrong bench. I, I uh, in fact, Can't. Coach Must, Coach, I, Coach Muschamp was talking with the defense, and I ran back towards their bench, and I didn't know. I didn't know where I was on the field, obviously, because you know, like both sides of the whatever bench, and my helmet was underneath the bench where where the quarterbacks would sit, and I'm like. Move, where is it? And of course, you know, I'm looking at the wrong spot. Finally go down, find it. Timeout. We gotta we gotta talk this over. <laughs> you dumbass freshman. <clears throat> well, I know. But anyway, things did not start off well. Uh uh So we got hurt. Was it third and whatever? No, second? it was like it was no, it was like a first down play. So we I went in and it was it was it was second down and I think we called a handoff and then actually no, yeah, we got we got we actually got a couple first downs. We went we, we ended up getting a field goal, but we had, we were like on the one yard line. We 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 just couldn't punch it in, and 
kicked like a 20 yard field goal. So did, did Mac or whoever called the plays just call conservative? I mean, I think we, stuff, I or did you, did you attempt to pass or anything on that? I'll draft? have to go back. I'll have to go back and look. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I attempted a few passes. I think, you know, maybe that was probably, who knows? That was probably one of my completion, my one completion in the first half came after that things just went downhill. Um, but anyway, second half, we're down 24 to six and ended up finding a way to kind of get, get it back. We, I mean, not, you know, we went down and scored two touchdowns. Like I said, I was throwing the ball to Jordan every play and it's 24 to 21. We got the ball with three minutes left and I get hit from behind on a rush, on a, on a blitz that I, on a pressure that I, uh, kind of a it was a it was a, a funky pressure but i missed it and got hit from behind fumbled bama scores game over was, um, that, the first, was that the darius no the darius one was before halftime i don't want to talk about that um <laughs> i got stiff armed into oblivion um, i think i think i think every human outside of a handful would have had the same result trying to tackle right. that well, monster yeah i couldn't even reach my arms halfway around him um a lot of us wouldn't even attempt to tackle that dude. Well, I probably shouldn't have, at least not, you know, up at his shoulders. I probably should have tried to take his legs out, but yeah, eighteen-year-old me wasn't very bright. Um, so anyway, ended up winning. I'll go through the rest of my college career somewhat quickly, but I ended up winning this, winning the job, obviously, my sophomore year, and and we were, <coughs> excuse me, we were not very good. I didn't play very good. Um, were you all supposed to be good? We, yeah, I mean, we were, yeah, we were preseason ranked top five. We were, you know, and ended up going five and seven, missing a bowl game for the first time in 15 years for Texas. Maybe, maybe I'm, it was the first time not winning 10 games in like 10 years. It was not, so not a good, not a good, not a good season. And I, you were, you were the, how many years after the Vince Young Natty? That was six years later, probably. Okay. So you were kind of the tail end of that Texas run. Yeah. I mean, well, Colt had taken them to, I mean, two BCS games during his four years playing. So it was not like Texas had, you know, yes, but it was obviously, so didn't play very good. And then the next year I ended up winning the starting job again. They Mac opened it up and it was myself and Case McCoy and uh, Connor Wood, I think, and David Ash kind of competing for it. And I ended up winning the starting job again in camp. Um, first game, tore my labrum. Second game, got benched and booed off the field. And that was probably the low point, uh, football-wise, for me that I can remember. I mean, that was really tough. Obviously, I talked a lot. You know, I talked already about I was such a huge Texas fan. I really just wanted to be – I just really wanted to succeed for them. Um, and, and, uh, I say for them, you know, for myself, obviously, but like, I love Texas. I wanted to win as a fan too. Um, so by that point I decided it was time to transfer and just start over. You know, I didn't, I didn't really know where football was going to take me. I wasn't, you know, I obviously had had dreams of playing in the NFL and didn't necessarily know if that was still a viable option, but I just knew I needed to, to start over and go somewhere else. So I, uh, I, I ended up, um, just going right up the road to, to, to Dallas and SMU. I went up and took a visit there and met with June. It was kind of similar deal. I mean, I had explored some other things right after I got my surgery, but. How does that work? So 
you got hurt second first game and the bench second game. Did you immediately have surgery? Or did you wait till after the season? No, I immediately had surgery. So I, I ended up just deciding like if I want to be able to play next year, I need to get this surgery right now. And then uh, how does transferring work at that? So I was going to what I was going to do is transfer at Christmas and go up and kind of start learning the offense and get familiar with SMU. Um, when I was I was in an exit meeting with my guidance counselor at UT, and he was like, "Hey, this may not like be realistic, but like I know if you graduate, you can play right away, right?" And I was like, "Well, yeah." And he goes, "Well, I put together like a little, you know, spring semester potentially for you here." if you stay and you can actually like, it would actually work if we take 27 credit hours this next spring semester, you can graduate and just transfer right away. That's all. Yeah. So it was like, I mean, it was like two semesters in one, but I also wasn't playing football. So it was like, all I did, I just saw as a full-time student for the first time rehabbing my shoulder. I still went, you know, went and saw the trainers there and would do my rehab and stuff. And then I would just go to school all the time. And, and awesome. Yeah, I stayed. So I ended up staying in Texas. Like I, I called up June and I was like, "Hey, is this like, what do, what do you guys think about this?" And they were like, "Well, yeah. I mean, we can get you for two years then." Twenty-seven. Isn't that nine classes? It is. Yeah. I mean, you in know, two of, them, two of them were online. So obviously, you know, and that was kind of the beginning of online classes where there wasn't really Zoom meetings. It was just you know, turn in papers or you yeah. know, virtual homework, whatever it is. But and then one of them was actually I had to get credit as like a. I don't know, it was like a, a coach basically. I went and I went and helped this guy coach this golf class. So I would just take my club oh. out to the range every day and he would ask me to do something for, you know, 30 minutes. Hey, you know, shag balls while he while I'm teaching these kids to chip. And then he'd like, all right, you're good. Just go, you know, go practice. So I basically I mean, hardly counted as a class, if if at all. Um so that left six like real classes, like Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I remember going to school from like like I was in high school again. It was like eight thirty to like you know four o'clock, and I was in class just like all day, every day. Because but other than that, not too bad. So I did all that though, so I could play right away. And obviously, you know, I transferred up to SMU, and I would say, um, you know, I, I I think it was a great decision because it ultimately led to me getting drafted. Um, June is awesome. Can't say enough about how awesome he was for me uh, as a player. And obviously, you know, he's been so successful as a, as a coach for so long. Um, I would kind of took a few games for me to like get my rhythm back. I, I, like I said, I hadn't played very well at Texas and I also hadn't played now by that time in, you know, a season plus 10 games. So this was your senior year. Did you play two years at SMU or just junior year? Because I got that year back for a redshirt year. Gotcha. So you played two years at SMU. Since I only played. Yeah. So, so you were was your first year in the league then fourteen? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Now. Yeah. All right, we can get um, to that later. So, so anyway, um, obviously, I'm getting kind of long winded here before I even get to get to the meat of. Um, <laughs> we're still in college. Yeah, um, but ended up playing well enough to give myself a chance to get drafted, and the, you know, our, our our draft process was. Similar, only difference really is that, you know, I kept getting late round to undrafted type grades from coaches and teams and the Rams just drafted me in the sixth round. I had started getting calls like you were talking about where teams are like, hey, we're not going to draft you, but we'd love for you to sign with us. I had actually gotten fed up of watching the draft by Saturday afternoon and I went in the other room and I was watching the Players' Championship uh, golf tournament. Golf is life. 
Golf is while, life, while, the, while, the, while, the, while the draft was going on, and then the Rams called, and I ran back to another room so I could had a bunch of friends and family over so I could see see my name across the screen. Obviously, uh, <clears throat> a little bit of a you know dream come true and a, and a you know awesome moment to to get to see your name come across the uh, the draft ticker. Where uh, where'd you watch it at home or at just a- at my house? Yeah, at your yeah. house. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Rams drafted me. Myself, Sam Bradford, Sean Hill, and Austin Davis were the four quarterbacks initially there. Um, Sam ended up, and you know, there's a whole new ball game for me. Sam had, was coming off an ACL tear against us. He ended up tearing it again that preseason. But the um, original one, he got deleted at Bank of America. I'm pretty sure he really? tore the ACL here the year before. Yeah. That guy had some bad luck. He was really fun to watch throw the ball, um, but just was always injured. Um, anyway, uh, I spent a little bit of time in St. Louis. Um, Sam tours ACL. They brought in Case Keenum. Uh, and then I got released midway through the season about. And I was actually home for two months around that time. I went and did a few workouts. Were you active? No, I was on the practice squad. Okay, so you got cut first. Got game. cut, brought back on the practice squad, and then cut so, again about week seven or something like that. So kind of full circle back to what we talked about earlier with the rookie mini camp and stuff. Yeah. Um, not even for the people listening. Not even the draft picks sometimes are guaranteed a roster spot, especially right. the, the late round picks. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. You do 100%. get you get guaranteed money, but it's like uh, pro rata signing bonus. Once you get that, let's say it's twenty grand or something, whatever it was back then, it may have been more for you. In six that's rounds. exactly that's exactly right. Yeah, it's a, yeah, but but you know, for the for those teams, it's somewhat of a small investment. So, you know, for care. example, what happened was, you know, I think the Rams wanted to keep me around, especially you know, not for not for necessarily twenty fourteen, but for the future. But we played the Chiefs, and like seven defensive guys got injured. Yep, and they needed. I was the fourth quarterback, so I mean, you don't really need four quarterbacks. So I was the casualty yeah. so that they can find somebody and fill out a roster for the next week. And you know, when you're dealing with a team of only 53 guys and trying to you know mix and match it to be able to have enough to dress on game day, sometimes those things happen. It's you know, kind of a casualty of you know a position that doesn't even affect you getting hurt or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it happened. Remember, I was talking about 16 when I got cut for like. Yeah, one game. That was what happened. Was our D line was dinged up. They had to bring up. I think it was Brian Cox. I forget who they signed. Um, from their practice, the Panthers practice squad cut me. Um, because I was the fifth receiver at the time. I think maybe even sixth. I don't remember. But I remember watching the Falcons game. Just had brunch with my now wife. It was a nice weekend, and I resigned on Monday. Yeah. It's just a, you know, it's like, I don't know, it's all over the place. Um, um, so anyway, I'm at home for two months, go do a couple of workouts. Um, like with teams? Yeah, I went to work out in New England. I went to work out in Tampa Bay. Um, uh, let's see. And then week 16 comes around and Rams – actually called back and they were like, Hey, we want to re-sign Garrett and then sign him to a futures contract once the season ends. Well, my agent 
called up the Patriots and the, uh, maybe one of the other teams I had worked out and said, hey, you guys worked out, Garrett, and you showed some interest in him. Do you still have any interest in signing him? Because otherwise he's going to sign back with the Rams. And they were like, yeah, we'll sign him. And so then it was kind of up to me, like, do I want to go back to St. Louis that I knew or go to New England, get to see a new environment? And I made the decision. Again, this is one of those deals. I don't know if it was a good decision looking back. I mean, I think it was. I, I ended up getting to, you know, spend a lot of time in New England. And I ended also ended up obviously getting the Super Bowl out of it. But the guy who replaced me in St. Louis was there for like three years and was on the roster. So who was it? Sean Mannion uh, from Oregon State. Oh, yeah. So, uh, anyway, Simon with New England. Spoiler alert, I just mentioned it. Rode Tom Brady's coattails to a Super Bowl title. Got the ring somewhere. Right. That was? Yeah. That was 14? Yeah, that was 14. So, it was the year they beat the Seahawks uh, on the Mountain Wait, so you, wait, so you signed in week 16 with New England? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so you signed late, and that was the Super Bowl win. Yeah. So you were there for like a month. I was there for well, yeah. I mean, two months, but yeah, basically before five the- week and then two weeks before the Super Bowl. But yes, basically, yes, like five games. Crazy. So <clears throat> anyway, win the Super Bowl next year. Brady gets suspended for Deflategate, and Deflategate, for yeah, and I get cut. To like like uh, like like a, like a few days later, I think I, I think they wanted a veteran to be Garoppolo's backup for when Tommy was having a. How long was he? How long did he get this suspended for? Four games. Four? But then it got then it got repealed. Like or like he appealed it, and they were like, okay, well, so he didn't even get end up getting suspended that year. But I got released, signed by the Lions. Uh, when were you released? Out of camp or after OTA nine, like in the in May. In May, okay. Got claimed by the Lions off waivers. So I went and did mini camp in Detroit. I was there for like three practices. Had no clue what was going on. I'm out of practice. They've all been going through 10 OTAs. I have no clue, you know, how to call a play in this offense or what the protections are or anything. And then they're like, okay, turn in your iPad. We'll see you in the fall for camp. Thanks for being here. It's like, oh, great. This will be awesome summer. Like, I don't even – I have no clue what this – anything about this offense. I think, I actually do think, I think they let me keep my iPad, but like there was like, at first they were like, no, you have to turn it in. And I was like, I have no chance of learning this offense. You guys got to help me out. It's like looking at, it's like looking at a algebra textbook that no one taught you anything. It's like, we'll make an exception. So I ended up getting to keep my iPad and take it with me for the, for a month, um, you know, to, to report back in July. Um, This is 2015. Ended up not, getting much playing time. I played one series in the uh, first preseason game and then didn't play in preseason two or preseason three. And like you were saying, I got released at those first cutdowns. I was, I was hoping to play a lot in the fourth preseason game and kind of see where that took me. And, you know, maybe it opens up a chance somewhere else or, you know, I didn't know if there was a spot there in Detroit because I was the fourth guy. Well, I went home for a week and I really wanted to go. They had Dan Orlovsky and Kellen Moore there. And Kellen ended up getting released. He thought he was going to make the team. He ended up getting released and deciding to leave and go to Dallas to go be on the practice squad there. Uh, but that, similar to what happened with your college commitment, uh, 30 minutes prior, I had committed to being to going to sign with the Oakland Raiders to be on their practice squad. And so, when, was, when was this? 2015 season? Yeah, yeah 2015 season. 
like right after cuts, like leading up to week one? Yeah. So I, the Raiders were like, Hey, we want to sign you to our practice squad. So I'm like, all right, well, I really want to, I told him, I was like, I really want to go back to Detroit. I will have an answer for you as soon as possible. Cause I was waiting to see what Kellen was going to do. Cause I was going to be, I was going to go back to Detroit if Kellen left or yep. made the team and they needed, you know, they wanted a practice squad guy. Anyway, uh, I called my agent and I was like, I really want to go back to Detroit. I don't want to go start over again. And he's like, dude, you, you told Oakland you're going like, sorry, like we, there's, you know, that we just can't do that. So hmm. I was so like, you hadn't, you hadn't signed anything. No, but I, it had been, it was, he was it would like, look bad. It would look he bad. was like, that'd be in bad faith. I was like, all right, I, I get it. Like that sucks, but I get it. Um, I even have like, I have actually texts from Dan Orlovsky saying, dude, Kellen's leaving. You got to come back too late. Sorry. Um, so anyway, so I signed with Oakland. I'm there for a year. The next corner gets drafted. I get released and I, I call up, I, I thought I was trying to stay ready to play. And I decided, you know, as the summer goes on and nothing happened, nothing's happening. Maybe I ought to try and just do something. So I'd call up my old high school coach, coach Morris, who's now the head coach at SMU. And obviously where I played and I was like, Hey, can I just come help out? And he told me I could not coach, but I could come basically be an analyst. Um, and uh, so I kept throwing. I tried to stay in shape, tried to, you know, stay ready just in case. Well, the whole season goes, I, I say the whole season, week 16, Derek Carr breaks his leg. And um, so the, the Raiders obviously had Matt McGloin, who I had played with, and then Connor Cook. Um, Wait, not to interrupt, Matt McGloin back to rookie minicamp that 2013 rookie minicamp that I made was, it was, was there in Carolina was our quarter was my quarterback for that rookie. Really? Yeah. Sorry. Well, he ended up signing in Oakland and then made the team and did a really nice job for himself. He was a really smart, uh, kind of like Penn, a smart scrappy player. Penn state. Yep. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Matt gets hurt. And or sorry, Derek gets hurt, and then Matt gets hurt the next week. So the Raiders are like, "Well, we need a, we need somebody to potentially back Connor up for this playoff game." So they call me. Um, this is 2016 playoffs. Yeah, they're, the Raiders played the Texans. Well, Matt ends up being healthy enough to play, but not start. I guess is what it was kind of a strange scenario. So I ended up just staying on the practice squad. I was going to be activated to play, but I ended up not. So I just went there for one week on the practice squad, one week of practice. Come back home, spring goes, nothing's happening. I think maybe I'm done playing football. And I'm about to take a full-time job with SMU actually as a coach when the Panthers call. And Let's go. Uh, I was actually standing over the printer printing out coaches' scripts for spring practice. And my agent calls me and he's like, hey, the Panthers want to sign you. And I'm like, first of all, what? Like <laughs> – Panthers want to sign me. I haven't spoken to the Panthers. I don't even, well, I guess Ken Dorsey had remembered he had worked me out before the draft four years prior. And maybe, maybe I made a positive impression. I don't know. And just never got the chance to connect. And he was like, while Cam was rehabbing from a shoulder injury, he was like, Hey, we, I got a guy we can bring in. And, uh, Dave Dedwin gave me a chance and, uh, so obviously came in 2017. That's when I met you. Um, and uh, where did I meet you? Well, twice. You met me twice is where you met me. 
verse trying to, you know, All right. be, a nice, be a nice guy and walks up and introduces himself to me. I tell him my name. And then 15 minutes later, he, uh, I don't know, I guess I don't have a very memorable face. He walks right back up to me and introduces himself to me again as if I'm a different new, uh, you know, scrawny, scrawny fella. No, that was, the, that was the confusing part is you introduced yourself. I was like, what's up, Burst? You're like, Garrett. I was like, what position are you? Because you're a big dude. I thought maybe tight end or quarterback, honestly. And you're a quarterback. I'm like, oh, nice. Good to meet you, man. My knowledge of quarterbacks in the weight room <laughs> leading up to that was Cam on a Stairmaster or with Gooch in the corner doing whatever he's doing, like one-on-one, -on -one, like custom lifts, right? And then DA, who's waving a bowling pin near the training room. Doing yoga. Doing like with a dip in, like not doing anything. And then Joe Webb, who's a monster, who's like squatting with Jay Stu and the lineman. So then you come and then later in the lift, you're benching with me and like, and I'm not very strong, but I'd never seen a quarterback do the actual lift. So I'm like, who's this guy? Cause we I'm had a bunch make, of, I'm just trying to make my way, man. Yeah, but I'm we had a bunch of new faces that time of year, right? Like, yeah. you're, you got draft picks, you got undrafted guys, you got new free agents. So I'm like, hey, man, what's up? Introduce myself again. You're like, dude, I just met you feet <laughs> over there like a minute ago. I'm surprised I said anything because I'm I'm pretty non-confrontational. I probably, I figured I would, I, I, you know. No, you said. You, I would have just been like, yeah, I'm, I'm Garrett. No, I'm you're like. Ignore the fact that no, you're a dumbass. Yeah, exactly. Hey, dumbass, we just met. Um, but anyway, so obviously that's where you and I met. Um, ended up taking advantage of that opportunity. Uh, and I say, you know, I, I still got cut, but I was I got brought back on the practice squad. And then a few weeks later, got elevated to the active roster uh, and stayed as the third quarterback the rest of that season. Um, I've been taking way too long, so I'll kind of speed things up. But the next year, I ended up losing the backup job to uh, Taylor Heineke in 2018. Uh, was back home again. And um, well, at that time, we were, I say back home, we were living in Charlotte at that time. So we just stayed in Charlotte. Um, and I was about to go play in a spring league, uh, the uh, Alliance of American Football. And yeah. Cam got hurt, and then Taylor got hurt in his first start. And so, once again, there I was last week of the season. The Panthers needed a backup quarterback, and who were they going to call was me. So I went and backed up Kyle Allen, who had been on the practice squad. Kyle played great in that game, took advantage of his opportunity um, against the Saints. And then he hurt his shoulder early in the fourth quarter. And so I, my first NFL action five years into my career in 2018 was playing in a meaningless Week 17 game against the Saints – finishing out the game where we were up by three scores and uh, uh, yeah. So anyway, so after the game, I said, Hey, you know, thanks for the opportunity guys. I still want to go play in the spring league. So I went and I went and signed with the Orlando Apollos coached by Steve Spurrier played in eight games for them before the league ran out of money and folded uh, just before the playoffs. And right after that, uh, signed with the Cleveland Browns. Um, they, uh, they, you know, gave me a chance and I had, 
I had to, I, I got to go up there and be um, with, become teammates with Baker Mayfield, who's a good buddy of mine, kind of well, who went to Lake Travis, I mentioned earlier, and I'd known Baker for forever. Um, ended up making the team in 2019 and backing Baker up for that whole year, 2020. They, the Browns hired Kevin Stefanski as a coach. They brought in Case Keenum to be uh, Baker's backup. And I got released, brought back on the practice squad during COVID year. And then five weeks later, Dak broke his ankle and the Cowboys needed a quarterback to sign. So they signed me. Um, during that year, you had to go through like a six-day onboarding process. Basically, like if you left a bubble of a team and got on a plane. So when I got on a, got on a plane from Cleveland to Dallas, that I guess left the bubble or maybe it was just because it was going from team to team. So I had to spend six days living in a hotel in Frisco with not really any access to offense or anything like that. I could just watch the meetings on and, and be sent a little bit of like material and study on my own. Um, three weeks later, Andy gets, Andy Dalton gets COVID and I am starting a game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, uh, you know, obviously it's, a crazy league and um, just, you know, kind of another example of that ended up, you know, playing against the Steelers. We played well, had a chance to win, ended up getting beat at the end. They were undefeated uh, at the time. Weren't they? they were undefeated. Yeah. Um, they were like 10 and 0 or 9 and 0. It was, they we were, were like the top team in the league. Yeah. And we were not playing very good at the time, but we, again, like, you know, you, you never know in the NFL and we played great that day, ran the ball really well. The defense played great. And, we had a chance to, to win uh, late in the game. Obviously didn't get the job done. Andy comes back, starts the rest of the season, and I back him up the rest of the way. 2021, I ended up losing the backup job to Cooper Rush. And now I have a few options as I've sort of played a little bit now. A few teams reach out to want to sign me to the practice squad. Well, I decided that New England, familiar place, was the place I wanted to go. Signed with New England, end up staying on the practice squad all year there until the end of the season when every, basically every player uh, on the Washington football team, I can't remember, if they, I think, yeah, they were the football team at the time, not the commanders, um, post Redskins days, um, get, get, gets COVID. So Ryan Fitzpatrick has gotten hurt. Taylor gets COVID and Kyle Allen gets COVID as well. And so they don't have any quarterbacks active. So um, this is a Thursday night. They're playing the Eagles on Sunday afternoon. I am, the Patriots are playing on Saturday. So we had finished up practice for the week. We practiced Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's Thursday night. I'm having a cold beer watching the Thursday night game. And all of a sudden I've got, I, my phone's in the other room. All of a sudden, I've got 20 missed calls. My agents called me five times. My dad's called me because my agent couldn't get a hold of me, tried to get a hold of my dad. And Coach Rivera and Scott Turner have called me, who I played for in Carolina. And so that's where there, the, the – There's the, there's the theme here, if people have noticed. You mentioned Kyle Allen and Heineke several times on this. Yeah. So. As, as well as, you know, Ron Rivera and then Team multiple – an office there who went from Carolina to Washington. Yep. So anyway, they needed a quarterback. So they sent a plane. I always get confused by geography up in the Northeast. They sent a plane up to Boston to get me, fly down to Washington, 
or to, you know, hand over wherever that is. And, uh, private jet. What's that? They send you yeah. the private jet. PJ. Yeah. PJ. Wow. I flew to, flew to Washington with my wife and infant daughter at 11 PM on a Thursday night, get everything set up in the hotel Friday morning, go in and practice Friday afternoon to play a game on Sunday. Didn't it get? Fortunately, pushed? the NFL calls a timeout on that and moves the game to Tuesday. Yeah, um, so right. I got one more practice. Be twice as prepared with this new team. Play same on offense, game same, on offense. same offense that you ran in Carolina. Like it yes, wasn't. I was pretty hard. familiar with it. I mean, it had been four years, but I was pretty familiar with with most of what you know everything Scott called and like those, all of, all of that was familiar to me. So um, it was really just a matter of like you know we were in Philadelphia, so. The hardest part for me was like learning my right guard's name to get him to look back for the, you know, for to call for the ball in, in silent count. Um, anyway, uh, we ended up losing that game too, but it was a competitive game. I think we were down by three in the fourth quarter uh, a couple times. Um, had a chance to win, ended up losing 27 17. So I stayed on with Washington uh, the rest of the 2021 season. And uh, finally, we're wrapping up here. 2022, early in 2022, uh, or in free agency. This was actually my first time going through free agency. Maybe we can get into a little more in-depth view of that down the road. But I ended up signing with the Raiders. And I spent like three weeks there, maybe four, uh, just workouts. And then they made a trade for Jarrett Stidham, who I had been in New England with. And I got released, was home all summer last year until Mac Jones got hurt in about week four last year and the Patriots needed a backup quarterback. So I went and signed with the Pats, backed up Bailey Zappi for a couple games until Mac is healthy, stayed on the practice squad the rest of the year. And that brings us to now. Present day. Only took me an hour. Minutes, I think. Well, I told you mine was pretty simple, just up and down with one team and one college. Yours is how many? Ten uh, total nine teams, nine, NFL nine, teams. nine teams, including you know two separate stints in Oakland, two separate stints in Carolina, and three three separate stints in New England, and, and two also, actually three stints in Oakland technically, and a stint in Orlando, and a stint in Orlando. You also played for Oakland and Las Vegas. Right yep, now. I did. I've played for – this is my trivia question of the day. It's also – it's just more of a factoid. But I've played for uh, – I've played for a team that's no longer in the same city. I played for it when it was in both cities. I played for a team – I played for another team that's no longer in the same city, the Rams, who moved to L.A. And then I've also played to, for a team that has changed names twice since I played for them. The Redskins team commanders. Commanders and now potentially back. I don't know. Back to the skins is the rumor I've heard. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Because apparently the Native American group that they used as leverage to change the name is come out and said that they never were mad about the name and actually liked the name. So now the never new been, owner. Never been mad. Never been. Yeah. 